Welcome everybody to No Bones About Wrestling. I am your host, Asa, and I'm here, of course, with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is your AEW Collision Wrap-Up Show. It was July 22nd, and they were live from Newark, New Jersey. Again, in Sopranos country. (laughs) At least what I call Sopranos country. New Jersey. Anywhere in New Jersey, we'll call it Sopranos country. Although I think Newark is a little closer than Trenton to actually being Sopranos country, as I understand it. Anyways, the show opens with the the short little one one or two sentence promos at the top of it, uh, like they always do. We get one from the acclaimed and daddy ass. We get one from Darius Martin and Action Andretti. We get one from Bullet Club Gold. And we get one from Ricky Starks. And that means we're ready to go with the opening credits and Elton John singing Saturday Night's All Right for Fightin'. And to start the show, Tony Schiavone welcomes out Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Champion Ricky Starks, who of course beat CM Punk in the championship match last week. Ricky Starks comes out with a luggage and I'm wondering you know what did did they catch him before he could get to the hotel or you know what the deal is and he talks about his his luggage and he says you know he brings up he's like no it's it's just that's Louis Vuitton and he just wanted to show off his fucking Louis Vuitton luggage and then he gets to bragging about his Prada shoes and you know he's talking about uh you know just about the trappings of success and the things he's bought, and how last week he went out there and did his thing, and he won the only way he knows how, and that is by any means necessary. Uh, Of course, he's talking about he was pinning CM Punk. He got a two-count, then grabbed the rope uh, that was right beside him, and the leverage, of course, held down CM Punk to allow Ricky Starks to gain the the three-count. And uh, it's not like CM Punk has never cheated, uh, but that's how Ricky Starks won. In fact, CM Punk comes out uh, to ask Ricky if he can live with knowing that he can't beat Punk cleanly. And CM Punk says, it's not like I've never cheated. It's not like all these people in in Newark never cheated. And it's weird because the Newark crowd boos him. It's like, boo, oh no, we've never cheated. No, no. It was ridiculous. That reaction from the crowd mm-hmm. was fucking ridiculous. Well, they were booing like anytime he talks almost. At first, well, it's weird. At first, they're booing him when he comes out. By the end of the night, the, the crowd's, I mean, it's pretty loud for CM Punk, you know? And then it goes back to booing him. Very, very fickle crowd. Yeah, very strange reaction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were definitely, they were four Ricky Starks over CM Punk in this segment, that's for sure. Uh, Punk was definitely the the heel here. And uh, Punk insults the New Jersey Devils, you know, says maybe if the Devils had had a little more of what he had, you know, they would have made it out of the first round of the playoffs. Are that the Blue Devils? No, that's Duke. They're oh. the New Jersey Devils. Oh, oh okay. Um, Is that where the Jersey Devil comes from, or that's something different? 
No, that's something different. Oh, okay. I think they, it's possible they might be named after that, but I'm honestly not sure. That's like a cryptid, right? It is, yes. Okay. But I'm honestly not sure. Hmm. Um, But yeah, Ricky, uh, Ricky tells Punk that his red bag was as empty as his Louis Vuitton. And this is, Punk has already walked off. He's at the top of the ramp after saying that Ricky can't beat him cleanly. And in this statement that Punk's red bag was as empty as Ricky's Louis Vuitton, this statement causes Punk to turn around, march all the way back to the ring, and tell Ricky that he is the real world's champion. Which, was this the first time he said that? This is the first time he said that. I thought so. So he's carried around that red bag, and it looks like the it's his world title belt. Uh, just the shape of it, and of course the things he has said about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely implied it's, it heavily. He heavily implied that the world title belt is in that bag, in that red bag. And on one episode, he even showed it to Ricky Starks on camera. Mm-hmm. Uh didn't show the audience, but he showed Ricky Starks what was in the bag. It's the which fucking is, world yeah, title which is belt weird, is in the bag. That makes Ricky Starks a cheater and a liar. Yeah. Unless he was saying my bag's as empty as your bag and his bag isn't empty either. I don't know. I don't know what he meant by that. Um, unless he meant that his belt didn't count. You know? Mm-hmm. Just meant you're... you're bag may as well be empty because your belt doesn't count mm-hmm. if that's if that's what he meant you know if that's what starts well, meant have said it then. yeah yeah because what he said was very unclear i i agree but yeah so I, as i said punk marches all the way back to the ring to tell ricky he gets in his face and tells him he's the real world's champion and so here we go with that shit i see him punk talking about how he's the he has the belt and how max talking about MJF can't stand it so at some point we'll I'm sure we'll deal with the dual belt controversy we knew it was coming yeah because MJF I mean did in fact he, he never lost his belt I mean that's true you mean CM Punk what did I say you said MJF uh, CM Punk that's true he never lost his belt mm-hmm. uh, he was injured and had to be or he vacated the title or was stripped of it. I'm not sure how you'd like to put it. But the belt was made vacant. Uh, so he never lost it. Uh, that's true. But of course he is not still the world's champion. MJF is. Um, so all this is going on. Out come fucking Christian and Luchasaurus. And Christian says they're out... Because they're contractually obligated to appear. And they felt like this was going on too long. (laughs) And Christian said that he can't stand to see someone with a belt that they didn't earn. And of course the irony of this is not lost on the crowd. As the crowd lets Christian know what they think about him carrying around the TNT title belt when Luchasaurus is, in fact, the champion. Uh, Out next, Darby Allin comes out. And uh, 
he talks about how, uh, you know, pe- uh, people said he should be a pillar of of AEW, responding to something Ricky Stark said earlier, talking about how people said, hey, Ricky, you should be a pillar. And he said, I don't want to be a pillar. And Darby talking about being a pillar, and he said, it doesn't matter if I'm a, if I'm a pillar. He said, the real pillars are the people who are with this company, uh, you know, ride or die. Didn't he say something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And he said, like my friend CM Punk here. Which CM Punk has been with the company, you know, ride, ride or die, you know, everything else aside, he has been with the company. Um, you mean physically with the company? Yeah, yeah. So you think Darby Allen meant people who are physically there at the company? I think CM Punk believes in what the company is doing. I think he's passionate about the company. I don't think he sees things the same way as everyone in the company, but I think he he is passionate about AEW and believes in it. Yeah, you don't? No, I think he openly insulted them in a press conference in front of a lot of people and a lot of cameras. He called them all a bunch of children. I would not call CM Punk ride or die. No. With AEW. I don't think he. I don't think he meant that the way people took it. I don't think. Uh, he meant I work with a bunch of children in a good way. I don't think he meant everyone in the yeah. place. Mm-hmm. I don't think he meant everyone. I think he was talking about specifically like the young Damn bucks. And, yeah. Yeah. And and Kenny Omega. Omega. Yeah. Yes. I think that's who he was talking about. I don't think he was talking about everyone. Uh, so I think he is yeah, with the company and believes in the company. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Now, he he doesn't see eye to eye with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. We know that. Uh, but I think he believes in what the company is doing. I don't think he would be with the company... I mean, he's had offers from X, Y, and Z companies and probably has an offer from WWE on the table. I wouldn't, you know, and and hasn't signed them because, yeah. and, you know, because he believes in this company and because the money's good enough. I'm sure the money has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. But I think he believes in this company and what, they, what they're doing and how they're doing it. I mean, they let him wear his, you know, abortion rights or human rights shirts and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, things that he would not be able to do with, with other companies. Exactly. And I think he appreciates that mm-hmm. and and knows that he wouldn't be able to to be himself at other companies. And he's got his own goddamn show. I mean, we call this one, jokingly, we call it CM Punk and Friends, but, I mean, that's what it is. You know the beginning segment is going to be CM Punk. You know the main event is going to be CM Punk mm-hmm. every week. Yeah, and when it wasn't, I was surprised, but then CM Punk came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I knew CM Punk was going yeah. to be out there. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't called it yet that uh, haven't called it that yet this week, but that is what the show is: CM Punk and friends. I mean, don't get it wrong. He's got his own show. This is a CM Punk show. Um, so, yeah, I think he, he believes in the 
in the company to yeah, to put it shortly, yes. For a number of reasons, yeah. Okay. Anyways, to get back to what happened on CM Punk and Friends, uh, we eventually get to the point where we book a match. Uh, and it is a main event tag team match for tonight, and it is CM Punk and Darby Allen versus Christian and Ricky Starks. Can I ask you a question about something from the segment? What did you think about Darby Allen saying that he didn't uh, like being one of the called one of the four pillars? Did that surprise you, or do you think that's to be expected? I think that kind of fits his character, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want four people to be placed above the others. Yeah. Like yeah. placed on a pedestal. Right, yeah. I mean I think that was a a nice thing of him to say. I mean mm-hmm. I think his sentiment was, you know, it was pretty nice there. The, yeah. The fact that everybody works their asses off and nobody is everyone who works their ass off is responsible for the company's success. It's not like those four are more responsible mm-hmm. than others who were there doing the same thing, you know? It seems like he would be on our side with Kip Sabian being the fifth pillar also. Hmm. Yeah, Kip Sabian would be the fifth pillar. Or or Ricky Starks. More Probably more realistically, Ricky no, Starks no, would be the fifth, fifth pillar. And Kip Sabian would be like the sixth pillar. Kip Sabian. Where is Kip Sabian, by the know, way? What a great question. I don't know what's going on. Uh, so yeah, we have a tag team main event book. Punk and Allen versus Christian and Starks for tonight. Uh, up next, Andrade Elidolo arrives. He is greeted immediately by a bevy of security guards, and they tell him that he must leave. Uh, they say uh, that management didn't like what went down last week, and that he has to go, and he's like, I'm here for my mask. And they say, you have to go. And he, say, he says, my mask. And uh, keeps keeps saying his mask. He, he wants his mask. And they, they say, you have to leave. And they're like, make sure he leaves. He wants the security guards, tells the other. Yeah, and he actually leaves. Like, I expect him yeah. throughout the show to show up at some point. Of course. But he actually leaves. He's wrestling. Yeah, he actually leaves. He just... Okay, in this segment, what he did last week... In in the realm of wrestling, was like nothing. It's like bending over to tie your shoe and getting. Don't you remind our listeners what he did last week? House of Black, uh, I believe it was uh, Malachi Black and Brody King were having a tag match. I believe. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong on this, but um, what are they called when they're together? The Kings kings of the Black Throne. Okay, it was the Kings of something. so the Kings of the Black Throne were having a, ma- a match and Julia Hart was out there with Andrade's mask. And Andrade comes down the ramp during the match. Doesn't do anything. There's like three refs that try and stop him and then like a few security guards that come out. And they successfully hold him back from like even getting close to the ring. Like I don't know if he even makes it off of the ramp. Um... And then that's it. That's all that happens. He doesn't hit anyone. He doesn't get involved in the match. So, that, like, in terms of wrestling, that's, like, nothing. Yeah. 
That's like sneezing in the same room as someone and getting charged with assault. It is pretty pretty tame as far as professional wrestling happenings go. Yeah, I just... It and then especially so... to get banned the next week. The next week. Which from so, the entire so, building. Right, which so rarely happens. And no one told him he, until he shows up. Yeah. It's just like... It just didn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. Like, I get that they wanted... Like, if you wanted to make a big deal out of it, have them have something happen to make a big deal out of, you know? Like... Right. It's just... uh, uh, It didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because things happen to... Greater... The extent of which are greater than what Andrade did last week. Things happen on a regular basis greater than what he did. And people don't get banned from the show. So why yeah. why him and not others? It just it like you said, it doesn't make sense. And I not, agree. And not banned from ringside, banned from the building. Right. Thus banned from the show. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Uh up next we have uh a new duo, a high flying pair, Action Andretti and Darius Martin, who of course uh is one half of top flight when his brother is healthy. I should say when he and his brother are healthy. You should also say new on new in action on AEW. Because these are a, these these are a pair that you said a new pair. These pair yeah. these are a pair on Ring of Honor pretty regularly. Oh okay. Um, and they are taking on half of Bullet Club Gold, the uh, hot team of Switchblade Jay White and Juice Robinson, who nearly won the World Tag Team Titles last week in an epic five-bone match with FTR. And Jay White and Juice Robinson are accompanied by the other half of Bullet Club Gold, the Guns. And the Guns uh, accompany them, and they're at ringside, uh, screaming at Andretti and Martin throughout this match. You know? Mm-hmm. And going, bang, bang! And things like that yeah. throughout the match, and screaming at them. That was delightful. Uh Darius Martin hit a nice, a high dropkick on Juice Robinson early on. Uh, Action Andrade hit a spinning tornado on Juice. Uh, the two of them then hit a double dropkick on Juice Robinson. Uh, Robinson then German suplexes Action Andrade, who flips out of it. Uh, Switchblade Jay White comes in the matchup. He throws Action Andretti, and then Darius Martin into the guardrail. Back in the ring, uh, Darius Martin DDTs Jay White and reverse DDTs Juice Robinson simultaneously. Pretty impressive spot. Uh, There was a nice cross-body splash by Darius Martin on Jay White. Action Andretti hit a split-legged moonsault to the outside on uh, White and Robinson. Uh, Jay White suplexes Andretti back in the ring. Uh, Robinson hit a pendulum DDT. And then White, with the Blade Runner, covers Andretti for the three count. And Bullet Club Gold pick up the win. Uh, This was a good match. Nice action. 
Uh, nice varied offense from both teams. Um, four bones out of five. Uh, good match. Speaking of varied offense, good would match. you classify this match as containing flippy things? Yeah, of course. So this is our first flippy match. Oh, on on, on, on collision. collision. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. If you if you listen, we've taken note of a trend of there not being a lot of high flying or flippy wrestling on <laughs> on collision. Not not a lot of high flyers. And Action Andretti and Darius Martin are decidedly are high flyers. Um, so it's it's right in the face of. of what definitely was a, an intentional decision to not book high flyers. Yeah, and we'd had Action Andretti, I believe, on Collision before in mm-hmm. a singles match, but he didn't do any of his high flying moves during yeah. that match. But I feel like during this match, we finally saw some. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just feel like that was worth noting because it was mm-hmm. such a, a big uh, diversion from their normal. Normal trend. No, definitely, um, yeah, definitely. Um, some things that I feel like are worth mentioning. Wait, how many bones did you give this? Four bones. Okay, good. Um, some things that are worth mentioning. Uh, that I don't think you mentioned. Uh, at one point the crowd did a "Daddy doesn't love you" chant to yeah. the guns. Yeah. Uh, they were mean. That New Jersey crowd was mean. mean. They were real mean. I mean, they did the uh, ass boy chants, of course, but right. uh, Daddy Doesn't Love You, that was a new one. Uh, yeah. Seems pretty harsh. Um, well, and what was funny, though, they were chanting Daddy Doesn't Love You, and the color commentator, what's his name? Uh, Nigel, Nigel McGinnis. Ma- Nigel McGinnis, the color commentator. He goes, oh, that's not fair. Andretti and Martin probably don't even know their fathers. <laughs> it's like, that's <laughs> fucked up, you know? Yeah. Um, but the crowd, of course, was talking to the guns. Yes, yes. Uh who I just love. I love the guns. Yeah, I love yeah. their 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 crowd work is so good, mm-hmm. you know, and and they just really even though they didn't get like involved in the match really, they really enhanced the match, I think, with their vocalization and and actions on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Uh also it was worth noting that so some of the AEW rule changes that are coming down the line, one of them is no spitting. Well, Juice Robinson found a way around that. Instead of spitting, he blew his snot yeah. out of his nose onto Action Andretti while he lie on the mat. That's true. So gross. That's true. Like, can we not agree that spitting is better than snot rocketing? Yeah. Like, just vile. Um, and then one thing, uh, there was some good sort of fancy rope work by Action Andretti where he was... Uh, standing with either leg on, I'm sorry, with, with both legs on either side of the middle rope and then would jump and switch which leg was on which side. He did that like two or three times before doing, I think, an arm drag off the, off the top rope. Uh, good, good fancy footwork um, cool. that I feel like is worth noting. Yeah, right. I enjoyed this match. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A very good match. Which is good because they needed a good anchor for, yeah, for the show. Yeah, this was not. This was. I mean, it was a, it was an okay episode of television, but that's as, as good as we can really say, right? Um, yeah, I feel like 
It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Which for Collision, we have not had an okay episode yeah, of Collision. They've all been we've good all been good to or, great. To great. Yeah. yeah. So um, this would be, if you want to call it that, it's been the worst episode of Collision. I want to call it that. If you want to call it that, yeah. I do. So. But, because uh, we're going to Collision in three weeks, and so I said, even if we get an episode like this episode when we go, yeah. at least we have Ring of Honor beforehand to, like, help add to it, you yeah, know, true. to sweeten the pot, if you will. True. Yeah, I hope it's not like this episode. Yeah. Uh, and you'll see what we mean as we get into it a little more. You'll see what we mean as we head to our next match. Yeah, we are not referring to the match we just talked about. That no. was that was very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, our next match is uh, former TNT champion Miro versus Nick Camarato. Who we haven't seen in a while. Nope. Uh, formerly with, uh, what stable was that? If you can tell me some of the people in it, I can maybe tell you the I can't stable. can't remember what stable he was in. Formerly in some stable. Now he's on his own. Uh, Camarado, he attacks Miro from behind. Uh, in the ring, he tackles Miro and then shoulder blocks him in the corner. And gets some offense on, but then Miro he basically clotheslines him. He hits him with one move. He puts on the game over camel clutch and Camarado submits. And that is the entirety of the match, folks. Was he in the Trust Busters with Ari Davari and Josh Woods? I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure. But uh, Miro wins over Camarado. Less than a minute. I don't rate squash matches. That was the... End of it. They've got to find something for Miro to do other Preach. than beating up jobbers. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's what Camarado is. He's a, he's a jobber. He's a big guy. He's... Uh, well, I didn't realize he was I a am, jobber till this match. Like, he yeah. came out and I was like, oh, he's going to have a real match finally after well, he weeks looks like of jobber matches. Nick Camarado looks like he shouldn't be a jobber. Yeah. Uh, but that's what he is. And for the first, like, 20 seconds of the match, I was like, oh, it's going to be a real match. And then immediately I was wrong. Yeah, they've got to find something else. So right now Miro's gimmick is that he's an atheist who beats up jobbers. (laughs) It's a weird gimmick. And I don't know what part of that... I don't think he's an atheist. He's just turned his back on God. He still believes in God. Oh, right. He's denounced God. Denounced God. Correct, correct. So he is a foreign heel who denounces God and beats up jobbers. I don't know what part of that is supposed to connect with the fans. Because he's also kind of denounced his wife. Right. And kind of denounced the belt. Yes. That's my question. It's like, what does he want? He just wants to beat people up? Yes. Mm. But I'm not sure what part of all this is supposed to connect with the fans. Well, it's boring. Just beating people up. It's boring. Yeah. And, like, his Just, promos are entertaining. Right. But his matches are boring because they're all squashes. Yeah. I mean, and you was, know they're squashes. I mean, I didn't really realize this was a squash until it squashed. Until it was over. Until it was over. <laughs> uh, which, which was less than 30 seconds, probably. Um, Feels like it. Yeah. 45 um, seconds, yeah. maybe. Um, We've talked about it for longer than it than than the, the match, match was. Correct, yeah. yeah. But they need to find something for him to do. Yeah. 
Like, I don't, not even a storyline. Give us an actual opponent. Like, I don't get trying to feature guys by having them in squash matches that aren't long enough for them to be featured because there's not time enough for them to do anything. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I he, hate squash matches. He needs some real opponents. I know you say sometimes squash matches have a place, but I disagree with you. Yeah, in this day and age, it's with so much talent... It's very hard to make a case for squash matches. Yeah. Very hard to make a make a case. When there are people when AEW, if you look at their roster, it is stacked. It's loaded with people who could be on TV and aren't. It's hard to make a case for a squash match. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a show with multiple squash matches. Yeah, yeah. And up next, we get an FTR hype video. That was uh, kind of fun. Yeah, just showing the uh, the last couple years of FTR, uh, them showing up in the pickup truck like they would at Daly's place when they were in Jacksonville during the pandemic and all I'd that. I forgotten about that. Uh, and a low rider black pickup truck shows them. Um, Shows them with the Briscoes a bunch. With the Briscoes during that that trilogy of matches when they're feuding with the Briscoes over the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Uh, And, of course, shows them throughout AEW where they've held the World Tag Team titles multiple times now. Uh, So just a a quick video kind of just reminding people how awesome FTR are. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure why, but it was neat. It was a good video. Well, I think because they have their blind eliminator tag coming up, they just beat in that amazing match last Saturday, the Bullet Club Gold. Mm-hmm. I think it's just to highlight them as the champs. Yeah. Yeah, that was fine. We also hear from them later tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we hear from FTR, we have the World Trios title match, which I was really looking forward to. Me too, because we haven't seen House of Black in trio section in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, so we have the champions, the House of Black. That's Malachi Black, uh, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. They were accompanied by Julia Hart, and they took on the acclaimed and Daddy Ass. The acclaimed, of course, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. One thing that I think we should note before you get started is that this did not appear to be a house rules match. There was no mention right. of the house rules going into this. Right. Um, so there wasn't any kind of stipulation that the acclaimed came up with right. for the match. Yeah. So those were like open kind of challenge matches. Mm-hmm. This was a match that the acclaimed had earned by... They, they've had an excellent know. record as trios... The only team that has beaten them as a trios, they have one trios loss, and it was to the House of Black. Okay, so that's why I I didn't understand why it wasn't a House Rules match, but yeah, that, I, I believe so that's it. why it wasn't is because they've earned it. It's okay. not an open challenge. It's they they earned this shot. I see. I see. So there's no no silliness mm. going on, or whatever you want to call it. Awesomeness. No awesomeness. <laughs> No, nothing special going on. Uh-huh. It's regular rules because they earned the shot. Uh, so Buddy Matthews, uh, I, 
I was enjoying Max Caster's rap that, you know, he always raps his way down the aisle, but I did enjoy it. Max, uh, excuse me, Buddy Matthews attacks Max Caster while he raps. I did enjoy that, you know, it kind of shows you who the House of Black are. They're not waiting for, for any rap to finish. They're well, starting the match. Also in his last rap uh, that he did for the House of Black, he said that, uh, Buddy Matthews was being cuckolded by Dominic Mysterio. So that's true. I could understand not wanting to let him finish if that's where he was headed again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brody King crushes Daddy Ass. He'd set him up in a in a steel chair, set him up in it against the railing, and he comes and just tackles him against the railing. It looked painful. And Daddy Ass was out of commission. A uh, thrust kick by Caster knocks Matthews out of the ring. Uh, Daddy Ass has, has gotten up now, and there's a hot tag uh, to Daddy Ass, who goes to work on Malachi. We get a couple uh, shots, a couple punches, but then out of nowhere, Malachi hits the black mass and gets the pin. Yeah, this was a very short match. Uh, I don't know how long. I, I would say less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't much of anything. I'm not going to rate it. Uh, and the, the House of Black retained their titles. And like I said, I was really looking forward to this match. A lot of people were, and it wasn't anything. Uh, the House of Black just won with yeah. a with a quick pin over, over uh, on Daddy Ass. It seemed like the biggest thing in the match was what happened after the match. And I'm going to stop calling him Daddy Ass, because then, then it gets serious. So Billy Gunn uh, st- starts to take off his boots in the ring, which is symbolic of uh, retirement. And then he's taking off his boots, he's uh, you know un- unlacing them, and the crowd is, is chanting, you still got it. Mm-hmm. And they're chanting, no... And Max Caster and Anthony Bowens are both distraught. Yeah. Uh, and and you pointed it out, Billy Gunn's hands are actually, like, shaking as he's unlacing his boots. Yeah. And, I mean, he looked very emotional. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did. So, if this is a work, it was great, you yeah, know? Yeah, it was done very well if it's if it's a work. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a work. Do you think it's a work? If it if it's on a wrestling television show, there's a ninety nine percent chance it's a yeah. work. So so, yes, so I think this is this is so the acclaimed have something to do and they can talk, Daddy Ass into rejoining, and then going after the House of Black one more time and then being victorious is what I think. That's my prediction. Do you have a prediction as to what's where this is going? I think it was an. It it could just be either what you said, or it's just an easy way out of them just being a tag team again. Yeah, I thought about that just also. Going back in the tag team division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they had kind of gotten, you know, into where they they have to be a trio. They can't yeah, have pigeonholed. Yeah, they can't have Daddy S stop wrestling because mm-hmm. why? You know why would he? Uh, but uh, but yeah. So the crowd were chanting, "You still got it," and and uh, no, and all this, and 
And then Billy Gunn leaves, and the acclaimed are at ringside and are are despondent and look uh, as surprised as uh, as everybody else. But yeah, I mean, like I said, if it's on wrestling TV, it's at work. Mm-hmm. 99% chance if they're showing it on TV, it's a work. Well, so, with retirement, like, like the Undertaker left all his stuff in the ring and he actually retired. You know, I mean, like, so sometimes people do retire. True, but if it's being presented as a shoot. Yeah. It's generally a work. Mm-hmm. Um... Do you want to remind our listeners what a shoot is? So shoot shoot means real. Mm-hmm. And work means scripted. A work. By work, you are working the fans. The wrestlers, the writers, everyone are working the fans. They're making make-believe to fool the fans. Working them over mm-hmm. to get their money. And a shoot, you're like <laughs> shooting straight from the head. Shooting, yeah. So a shoot, you're shooting... Yeah, shooting straight, uh, no bull, that kind of thing. A shoot, you're you're being honest. Um, but yeah, no, I don't I don't think he's really retiring. But if if he is, they they certainly uh, they they presented this angle in a very realistic way. Mm-hmm. They did a very good job with it. And it was so out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the first time that he's taken the pin. Like, we've been talking about how their matches have become kind of routine. Right. And so I was starting to write before he started taking his shoes off about how I was so impressed that they broke the routine, you know. But they broke the routine, and now he's retiring, supposedly. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because normally... Like, Max Caster's in first. He gets the crap beaten out of him. Daddy Gas comes in, gets a few moves on, and then does a hot tag to Bowens, who comes in and saves everyone, you know? And then Caster comes in for the flying for the, elbow for the flying drop. Elbow the drop. mic drop. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, if it, if, if it is the end of Billy Gunn's career, uh, you know... Uh, He's leaving on a high note. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the hottest times he's ever been. He was, uh, he was in the Smoking Guns in the early '90s, part of a cowboy tag team with Bart Gunn, supposedly his brother. That was his work brother, not a shoot brother. Uh, Bart Gunn, and they were cowboys. And then he became rockabilly for a while. That that didn't work. That didn't go anywhere. And then he became Billy Gunn. And he joined up with the road dog, Jesse James, as the New Age Outlaws. And then that went somewhere. And they eventually joined Degeneration X. And uh, that made them bigger. And they were, of their time, they were the most popular tag team by far. People loved them. They, they knew them. Uh, the, everyone was doing the crotch chop, which was, you know, Billy Gunn was one of the most famous uh, crotch choppers. And so everyone was doing that out of DX. Um, and he and Road Dog won the tag titles together several times as the New Age Outlaws. And Billy Gunn, of course, he won King of the Ring in 1999 and went on to win the Intercontinental title on a singles run 
even in WWF, and that was probably the the height of his career. And who would have thought that, uh, you know, almost twenty five years later, he'd be here in AEW, and uh, tagging up, going after the World Trios titles, and tagging up in one of the most popular acts that they have. Uh, so just quick synopsis of his career there. Uh, so if if uh, it is the end for Billy Gunn, um, you know, farewell and uh, thanks for all the good times. Uh, and uh, if it does actually turn out to be the end, I'll probably do something longer than that. But uh, just want to give a quick synopsis there. No, that's good. That was, I don't know a lot of that history, so that was interesting. Uh, so now Tony Schiavone is in the ring, and he calls out FTR. And they wait, have... one more daddy ass question. Okay. So, is he just are they just leaving the story with he's abandoned his sons? Like there's no no reunion to happen there. Oh, that's he's the just, way it seems. Yeah, he's just he's just done with them. He's adopted the acclaimed. Those they're his new children. Well, he doesn't have to be done with being a character. He's just done with wrestling. Oh, okay. So when you're when you put your boots in the ring, it just means you're done wrestling. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so Tony Schiavone is in the ring, and FTR come out. And Cash Wheeler, uh, they're talking about uh, they have a match with, of course, the winners of the Blind Draw Tag Team Tournament, and that is world champion MJF and Adam Cole. Better than you, baby. And uh, that's next week on CM Punk and Friends for the world tag team titles. And Cash Wheeler is telling uh, Adam Cole... He's saying, you know, don't trust Max. Don't trust MJF. Uh, and he tells him, he says, there's a quote by a smart guy. And it was, I don't know why he won't just say Baudelaire. I guess he is, he'll sound uh, he'll sound too, too bougie. Yeah. There's a quote by Baudelaire. Plus no he says, there's a quote by a smart guy who said, the, you know, the, the best trick the devil ever pulled was fooling the world into thinking he didn't exist. Excellent quote. Which is an excellent quote. And that's what Cash Wheeler is trying to tell Adam Cole. That's what MJF has done to him. Which is accurate. Which is accurate, yeah. And we saw a little bit of that come out the other night Mm -hmm. on Dynamite when Adam Cole grabbed the world title belt. He was picking it up to hand it to MJF. Well, we still saw it come out. We did see it come we out. We still yes, saw it come yeah. out. Um, he looked at it a little too longingly for MJF's taste. Yeah, and MJF flipped out on him. And, uh, but yeah, so that's what, uh, that's what Cash Wheeler has to say about it. And Dax Harwood says... You know, next week there aren't going to be any any dance offs. There's not going to be any comedy. He says we're going to kick their asses. 
You know, mm-hmm. so this promo, this was a good promo. It got me ready for the match. You it know? was a good promo. I did not care for how the audience was reacting to it. They were just, like, all over the place. Yeah. Like. Well, the audience is for MJF and Cole. Like, the yeah. audience. Is, here's the thing. The audience is having such a good time with MJF and Adam Cole. If you tell them, you can't tell the audience right now, don't like MJF and, and Cole. That's like telling a little kid it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. They're going to do everything for it not to be bedtime. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, no. Don't you don't tell us when it's over. We're telling we're going to tell you when this ride is over. Yeah. You're not telling us when it's over. Mm-hmm. We want the, the we want this and we're going to tell y'all when it's over. So yeah. you better listen to us. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the battle that's going on right now. Yeah, what what's weird too is like they were naming a bunch of tag teams. And when they named the Young Bucks, the crowd booed. That was so, strange. So it was strange because it's also the crowd that's booing CM Punk. And normally, like, it's like one or the other. They're right. either, like, pro-elite, anti-punk, or pro-punk, anti-elite. But this crowd seemed anti-both. Yeah. Odd. Well, but but then, like, as we pointed out earlier, eventually, in the main event, half the crowd is for CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, this crowd, they... they as you said, FTR named several tag teams and they booed the Young Bucks. And Dex was like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, his reaction was yeah. like, whoa, what? Yeah, they seemed to throw him off a little bit in this in this promo. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an odd crowd. Yeah. By, the, by their reactions to some things. It was an mm-hmm. odd crowd. But that's what I'm telling you in the MJF Adam Cole. That's what's going on there. Is the, the fans are having too, too much fun. Yeah. They're having fun with it, and everybody sees the ride ending next week, and they they don't want it to be over. Yeah, I'm with them. I don't want it to be over. And yeah, they've been enjoying these comedy skits and the dance off and the better than you, baby, and the and the song mashups. And I did not enjoy the dance off, but I've enjoyed everything else. I didn't enjoy the dance off, but everything else, I agree, right? but everybody else seemed to enjoy the dance-off. Yeah. Uh, but, right, I enjoyed everything else. Um, but people don't want it to be over. But if, if they're going to fight, you know, I think they're fighting it at all in, uh, in England, you know, in, oh, Lon- in London. MJF yeah. and Cole, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got to start the crumbling... So, yeah, yeah, they gotta start. I mean, that's August twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. So we're it's July twenty what third fourth twenty third today twenty third. So they need to, and that'll be July twenty ninth when they get their tag team title shot. So they gotta get it going mm-hmm. if they're gonna wrestle in England. Uh, or whoever is getting the world title shot against MJF, they gotta get it going. So I think it's gonna be Cole. So it's. They're probably gonna split them, but by the by the crowd reaction and Brian Alvarez on on his show on Wrestling Observer Live, you know, he was saying don't, he was saying don't do it. Yeah, I agree. He was saying don't do it, don't split them yet. The crowd doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. But then the question is, okay, you don't split them. Who gets the world title shot at all in? I think you still split them before All In and you give Adam Cole the title shot. But I think that you do stuff between now 
and all in to make the crowd okay with them getting split. Like, they need to make them less fun. So you split them when? Like a week or two before. A week or two before your biggest show? So you give your world title match a week or two of build? No, because all of this is build. All of this is build to it. Yes, it is. No, no. Because you're building up the friendship that's going to disintegrate... And then all of that counts as build towards it. Uh-uh. No, no. I think so. It doesn't work that well, way. And it's not like they need the build to sell tickets. I, I, I'm I with you there. I agree there. They've so already what, sold the tickets. What do they need to build for? The match is going to be awesome. For the psychology of it. Mm-hmm. For the storytelling aspect of it. You don't think two it. weeks is enough? No. No. Oh, I think so. Two weeks is not enough of a build mm. for your your big world title match. If it's a good build? Your, your world title match on your biggest show ever? Yeah. Two weeks is not enough, no. Okay. So you say break them up? They need to get going with a build, like, now. You I say mean, break on, Are you saying break them up, or are you saying have a different One or the other. No, one I, or the other has to get, happen on this pick, episode. Which, which one are you picking? I say don't break them up and have a new title contender. Have mm-hmm. a different title contender. Sam Punk. I say CM Punk, yeah. Seems like ready-made. I know? say do MJF and, and get CM Punk mm-hmm. ready to go. The history's already there. Yep. You got the reason already built in. Exactly. History's there. The reason's there. He's a superstar. Yeah. He doesn't need to be built up mm-hmm. into anything. Yeah. He's biggest already a star. Heel. Exactly. Yeah. And do, just kind of put the Adam Cole thing on the back burner with the tag team or... or what would you do? How would you do both at the same time? Because you got a- a- MJF as a face with Cole, or, or a fake face with Cole. I have MJF and Cole win the tag belts. Okay. And MJF has two belts. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then- but you you can you have MJF and Cole, and you have maybe CM Punk and a partner. Maybe get get a non-title match. So we have some build-up. We have maybe MJF and Cole versus CM Punk and Darby Allen. Where? Just at a regular show? Collision. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Some build-up versus CM Punk and Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Or versus, you know, CM Punk and Sting, even. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam, get, Cole, get... Adam Cole and MJF versus CM Punk and Sting. That sounds good to me. They gotta get Sting and Jericho going though. That's if true. Gonna, if they're gonna do that, that's true. Well, you can. That's what I'm saying. You can wind all that in together. Yeah. You know, you can have Jericho come into that match and do something. Could be on and then you got Sting and and or excuse me, then you got uh, MJF and CM Punk already on opposite sides, mm-hmm. and then you you can have Jericho come down and do something after the match. So, but then if if they have the tag belts, and MJF has a match at all in. You're not going to have the tag belts defended at all in. And and you're not going to probably have a match with Adam Cole. No, yeah, you definitely have Adam Cole in a match, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, then who's he feuding with? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. You you build something with him. While your ideas are logical, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Oh, I'm not. I don't think that's what's going to happen either. I'm just saying that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would do right now is give them, they're hot. Give them the tag belts. Build it, build it up. Give MJF and Adam Cole the tag titles. And don't split them up. Start building 
next week on Collision, start building MJF versus CM Punk. Uh, or on Dynamite, whichever, whatever, whichever show you want to start on, whatever, doesn't matter. Start building MJF and CM Punk. Get something else for Adam Cole. And then you have FTR. In the meantime, FTR will be fighting to get the titles back, of course. And at All In, we'll have a big number one contenders match, you know. Mm-hmm. Which FTR will win and will eventually get the belts back from from Cole and MJF when it is time to split them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I would do. So a big, big tag team number one contenders match at at All In. Cole versus someone at All In. MJF versus CM Punk for the world title at All In. And then, like you said, Sting versus Jericho, which is like off to the side of, of everything I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. But that's what I would do, personally. Mm-hmm. That's not what's going to happen. It doesn't look like... It looks like they're going to break them up, no matter what the fans want. Which I think is a mistake. But I also think they can give us something compelling, even if it is a mistake. So, uh, I th- I think MJF and Adam Cole will be interesting, even if it's a mistake breaking them up right now, so. You know, you could do, if you're doing CM Punk and MJF and Adam Cole needs a, someone to fight, he could fight Roderick Strong. Like, maybe this division that MJF has caused in their friendship has gotten to the point where they need to fight it out in the ring, you know? Hmm. Because Roderick Strong seems to be playing some role in this, in this in some way. Yeah. Sorry, we just got off on a huge tangent. I just realized. Yeah, it's uh, okay. Well, I guess we were talking about FTR. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm talking about FTR, um, and I just realized we were no longer in the collision world. That's um, all right. Well, these are things yeah. AEW needs to be. Tony Khan needs to be thinking about. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And we as fans, you know, should think about. You know, what what do we want? Mm-hmm. You know, and. I love pretending to be the booker. Yeah. It's one of the best parts about being a wrestling fan. (laughs) Fantasy booking. Yeah. And like I said, that's... Personally, that's what I would want, is keep MJF and and Cole together. Give them belts. Let them have a fun little run. Uh, And... But then you can also do MJF... the, The biggest matchup I can think to do for the world title is MJF versus CM Punk. That is what you should do at your biggest show. You you should do your biggest matchup. You got 80,000 fans. Mm-hmm. Do your biggest matchup. MJF versus CM Punk. Sting versus Jericho. Those two things, no doubt, at your big show. Do you think That's what I say. Do you think All In is going to become like their WrestleMania? Like do you think they're going to make it so every year it's the biggest show? I don't know about every year, but that's what's going to be this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what's going to be this year, I think. Cause if they don't... they don't see it that way, then they better see it that way. Because I think they got 80,000 fans seeing it that way. Because they don't really have that. Where, like, the whole wrestling year right. starts and ends with this event. You right. know, like, and it's cyclical. And they need one. Do I they, feel do like. Do they? No. No, I'm saying, do they need one? I, I think so. I, I think they should have one. You think that there's But a... they don't operate that way, right? Because I don't know if it's, I mean... They just keep going and going. Before they existed, I would say, yes, you need one. 
But I feel like they've proven that you don't. Like, you don't have to have a this one event is the event where everything is working towards and then afterwards everything resets, you know? I figure it just makes things easier to book. Yeah. Uh, when you have a kind of a, a reset point, mm-hmm. you know, a stop and an end to the... If you think about it as television, it's like the end of the season. Yeah. The beginning of the next season. Uh, you think about it that way. That's how the biggest way WrestleMania helps WWE... Mm-hmm. is the the end of the season how do we end these these stars stories for this season and then after wrestlemania you know do we have any new new stars to introduce for the next season do you think it makes sense to have like multiple stories ending at the same time and then new stories starting at the same time instead of them having scattered throughout yes okay yeah I don't know if I agree with you, but I, I don't know that I disagree with you either. I would need time to to ponder that. I haven't really thought about the fact that AEW isn't cyclical like that um, until just now. Yeah, so, AEW just keeps going around and around mm-hmm. and around. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is intentional, right? That has to be intentional that they don't have like a... Yeah, because they could easily make one and yeah. say, yeah, and just run it in a bigger place and say mm-hmm. this is this. and Yeah, but they have avoided doing that. Mm-hmm. And so it is intentional. They don't yeah. have a WrestleMania event unless mm-hmm. unless this is their first attempt and All In is going to be their WrestleMania event. Well, they sure aren't booking it like Wrestlemania where you know ahead of time and people are pointing at the sign and there's been no sign pointage there's, there's been no, no sign there's, there's no sign no sign pointage uh no matches announced no yet. matches announced but it it is it's what the 20 27th 27th of August. and today's the 23rd so yeah it's a little over a month away uh better start seeing some matches soon i you know i mean by next week on Collision, they better start having some matches. Uh, I would, exp- but they're not going to. I bet. Yeah, I bet we won't see any matches until like August fifth Collision, or maybe the maybe the uh, August ninth Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I know we give him crap for booking things last minute, but like. That Ring of Honor pay-per-view was awesome, and half the matches on it got booked the day before. Yeah, but you gotta have, you know, it's nice to have things build, you know? Mm-hmm. It is nice, I agree. But that show is still amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah, but it's nice to have a story. It's nice to have stories. Mm-hmm. And the Ring of Honor pay-per-view was great, but it would have been all the better if... Stories. If those matches that got booked at the last minute had stories behind mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Alright, our next match, Taya Valkyrie versus Sky Blue. Taya Valkyrie, a vet, against the young up-and-comer Sky Blue. Uh, Taya pushes Sky down a couple times. Uh, Taya then hits a spear on the outside. Taya hits a sit-out powerbomb. Taya then with a full Nelson. 
and she threw Sky Blue back to the mat. Taya takes Sky down with a clothesline. Sky Blue off the top with a cross body splash for a two count only. Taya hits Sky with a German suplex on her way out of the ring. And Taya ship, uh, slaps on a surfboard and stomps Sky Blue. Two bones out of five. Taya Valkyrie picking up the win on Sky Blue. Now, this match didn't go very well for the two ladies involved. No, and it was boring. You thought it was boring? Well, at one point, I mean, I didn't take a ton of notes on this match. Yeah, well... But one of, one of mine is, nothing is really happening in this match. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my other notes are, this match is not very good. And then, some slow motion movements. Yeah. Everything just seemed, like, a little bit awkward. Yeah. There were some good moments, uh... Like the baseball slide suplex out of out of the ring by Taya was good. The stomp by Taya was good. Yeah. Um Sky Blue's forearms are really hit or miss when she does them. And in this match it was a miss. <coughs> Sorry. There was a cool moment. Um they made a big deal, the announcers did, about how Sky Blue really looked up to Taya Valkyrie as a role model for her as a wrestler. And at one point during the match, Taya says to Sky Blue, don't meet your idols. And that was kind of a cool moment, but that didn't really have to do with the wrestling. So two bones is what you're giving this? Yeah. Two bones out of five. That's good. I feel like that's generous. I feel like that may be a little generous. I'm giving two bones because there were two people out there giving a giving their best. Yeah. I'm giving two bones. Was it their best? Yeah, giving their best with the time limit that they were given. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the moves they were told to do and limited with. I think a lot of this is still trying to get, uh, they're still trying to get the tie, uh, tie of Valkyrie trying to get her character over, trying to get her character across. At the same time, trying to get Sky Blue's character across and maybe have some some not A-level women like Tony Storm or Thunder Rosa, but maybe have some B-level women on the show, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to be down there to, to feud with the A-women and feud with the B and the C-women as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what they're what they're looking for now is trying to set up these tiers, trying to set mm-hmm. up these these tiers. How do we see? How do we perceive the women's rankings? To like establish a mid card, and that would group. be something exactly, and that would be something to for us to sit down and do is how do we view the mid card and we'll probably do that very soon okay that sounds cool uh for the women uh you know break Mm -hmm. down 
who's in the main event, who's the mid card, who are the lower cards. Yeah, it's easier for the men because they have two mid cards. Well, we're going to do it for the women. I know, I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just saying it would be easier to tell for the women. I guess they have the TBS title as a mid card belt. Yeah, four times. Hmm? I said, oh, I was saying to myself, the, they have four titles, the women. You've got the Women's World Championship. You've got the TBS Championship. You've got the... Uh, there are two women's titles. TBS Championship. That's it. They don't have tag titles. They don't have any other belts. No, no. That was on something I was planning. <laughs> That was on a fantasy booking thing that I was doing. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> it became a reality for it you momentarily. Yes, I'm sorry. So, in reality, no. They don't have four titles. That was something I was doing. Uh, so, up next, we have some matches. Well, uh, up next, actually, we have a hype video for A.R. Fox. And he is getting... Uh, he's gotten some good opportunities here in AEW and he's getting another opportunity coming Wednesday. He faces uh, Orange Cassidy for Orange's Intercontinental, excuse me, International Championship. And Cassidy has held that International Championship come hell or high water, come injury, uh, come Rain, come fall, come sunshine. Uh, big challenger, little challenger, high-flying challenger, joint manipulation challenger. He's seen them all and kept the belt. And Orange Cassidy's run with the international belt has been one of the coolest things in wrestling in the last 10 years. I mean, it, it's been great. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be... Big news when he loses it. Yeah, I agree. Big news. And he's defending it against A.R. Fox because Darby set it up. Because uh, Darby said A.R. Fox was one of those people who was there for Darby when he was homeless, sleeping on the uh, people's, uh, sleeping in people's bathtubs in Washington, D.C., and sleeping on the streets of Washington, D.C., in the parks and whatnot. Uh, so in co- Washington D.C. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was from Seattle. Well, he was, but they ended uh, up there. Uh, okay. All right. So dynamite, real quick. Some matches coming up. Orange Cassidy defends the international title against A.R. Fox. Uh, Darby Allen faces Swerve Strickland. Darby, of course, won the uh, Royal Rampage. Royal Rampage, and is facing Swerve. Uh, Britt Baker uh, versus Taya Valkyrie. Pack versus Gravity. That is going to be a hell of a match on Wednesday on Dynamite. It's nice to see Gravity sticking around here for uh, a while. This might be his last match uh, in AEW for a while. What's his first match in AEW? said, what's his first match? No, I said, this is his first match in AEW. 
Well, no, he... Because he, he was on Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, uh, well, so... John Moxley and... Uh, Ring of Honor world champion Claudio Castagnoli team up to take on the Lucha Brothers and the best friends in a three-way tag team contest. We will hear from MJF and Adam Cole. MJF, of course, the world champion. And better than you, Bebe, still firing on all cylinders. On Collision, uh, next week, FTR put their tag team titles on the line against MJF and Adam Cole. The unlikely duo. We also see Buddy Matthews of the... uh, House of Black taking on Andrade El Idolo of Les Ingobernables. He's not with them anymore. Oh, he's not with them. That's, that's correct. Taking on Andrade El Idolo, who is his own man now. And this is a ladder match for Andrade's mask. So this match could get wild here. Buddy versus Andrade. I'm curious how they're going to suspend the match over the ring without doing damage to it. Do you think it'll be in, like, a little basket or something? How they're going to do what? How they're going to suspend the mask above the ring without damaging the mask. What does it matter? Because I don't want them to hurt his mask. His mask is so cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a cool mask. So worried about <laughs> Um. Also, we have AAA Mega Champion... El Hijo del Vikingo in trios action. He teams with Action Andretti, Darius Martin of Top Flight, and they take on Juice Robinson and the guns of Bullet Club Gold. That should be one to look forward to. Now we turn our attention to the night's main event. The show is called CM Punk and Friends for a reason. So let's get to it. CM Punk and his friend of the week is Darby Allen, And they're facing off against Christian and Ricky Starks. The Owen Hart Foundation tournament winner. Christian and Starks can't decide who will start. Uh, it, it ends up that Starks is going to start. I think it's worth pointing out. It's not because they both are really wanting to get in the ring and so they're arguing about it. They're arguing about who's going to go first because neither one of them wants to get in the ring. Yeah. Uh, They're cowardly. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to help you win a match. Not not usually. Uh, Punk rolls him up for a one count and then covers him for a one. Punk runs Christian into a corner and then hits ten punches on him in another corner. Allen with a Mahistral Cradle on Christian Cage. Christian tries to tag, but Starks won't let him. Eventually, Starks decides he will and tags in. Uh, Punk with a cross-body slam on the opponents. Uh, Allen with a coffin drop outside. Starks does his strutting on the ropes 
into a double axe handle. Uh, Darby with a code red on Starks. Darby goes for a top rope suicida on Luchasaurus, but it has no effect on him. Uh, We're shown that Scorpio Sky is sitting up in the cheap seats watching the show. Christian threw Darby uh, through the front of the announcer's table. Uh, didn't take much to get him through the front of it either. Did yeah, you notice I, that? I, I did notice that, and I had never seen anyone go through like it was like the f- bottom of the front. It was very odd. And they kind of played it up, yeah, as, as though it was, was something. Really didn't seem like much of anything. It looked like it was barely attached. Like, it looked like a doggy door, how kind of how it swung, you know? Yeah. Uh, Punk gets the hot tag. Clothesline on Ricky Starks. Slam on Ricky. Slam on Christian. Clothesline on Christian. Cartwheel and a jump. Knee to Starks. That's CM Punk going, showing some olden style uh, face uh, cheer me tactics is what, what we'll call them. Uh, some some older style face. When he, when he did what? When he uh, did his cartwheel and jump. Oh, okay. The announcer said that that was a nod to Bam Bam Bigelow. It was, I suppose. Uh, but but more specifically was a a nod to uh, wrestlers in New Jersey. Uh, and probably for him was a nod to Bam Bam Bigelow, mm-hmm. but was a nod to wrestlers in New Jersey, many of whom use a similar similar move, oh, okay. because many of whom want to be like Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, was he from New Jersey? He was. Oh, okay. Asbury Park, New Jersey. Oh, uh, okay. Cartwheel and a jump. Yeah, if you don't know Bam Bam Bigelow, and if you like big men in wrestling, look him up. Uh, he is one of the most agile, yet most powerful Iron Man you will ever see. Uh, especially look him up in the years, you know, I'd say 93 through 97. Uh, is, is about when he did his best work. He worked for ECW, he worked for uh, WWF. And uh, he could do it all. He could uh, do somersaults for you. He could do moonsaults for you. He could come running out over the ropes for you. Uh, he could just as easily catch someone who flew out of of the ring onto him. Uh, so he could go, you know, both ways, offense and defense, with the with the high flying, uh, high flying moves. And just a pleasure to watch in the ring. Bam Bam Bigelow does not get the respect he deserves. So it was cool to see CM Punk 
giving him some mm-hmm. here. Very cool. I got all off track. We're talking about Bam Bam Bigelow. Sorry, you just mentioned the cartwheel and the jump. So how how did you take the cartwheel and the jump? Well, I don't know Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, I know who he is and I've seen some of his matches, but I don't think I've ever seen him cartwheel and, and, and do like a jumping split, which is what oh, yeah. Sam Punk did. And so I wrote it down because the announcer said it. Um... But the reference otherwise would have been lost on me. He's the one with all the head tattoos, right? He had uh, skull tattoos indicating flame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he had a woman that was like his valet. Luna Vachon. Yeah. And she was the one with like a shaved one side of, one side of my favorite, One of my favorite women valets. Ever. One of my favorite ring escorts ever. She had like a real shrieky voice, right? Uh. Like she would She yell. had a real voice that kind of sounded like this. And I'm Luna. And if you think I'm going to play pretty girl, you've got another thing coming. Yeah, like that. <laughs> like that. Yeah, I just meant like shrieky and like the, the nature in which she talked. Not like in pitch. And she was not. She was a very attractive woman. I was not trying to play Barbie doll play mm-hmm. thing like the like most of the other women in mm-hmm. WWF at the time. Uh, and so when the, she, she signed with WWF in 92 or 93 and when and she was featured some with Bam Bam and he gets bigger. He has a f- big feud with Doink the Clown mm-hmm. uh, in 94. And so she's f- featured prominently on television in 93, 94. Uh, Is that the first Doink the Clown, or...? Yes, the first Doink the Clown. Uh, I guess we're getting off track. Yeah, we're getting way off track. Sorry, I didn't mean to take us down... A rabbit hole here. Taking us down memory lane. We got way off track. Yeah. So back to the match. Back to the match. I don't even remember where it was. You were talking about Bam Bam Bigelow's or the 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 jump and or the cartwheel and the uh, and the split jump. Yeah. Now I gotta find find where that was. Uh, Darby Allen with a coffin drop. Starks does his strutting on the ropes into a double axe handle. Darby with a code red on Starks. Darby goes for a tope suicida on Luchasaurus, but it has no effect on him. Scorpio Sky is in the crowd just watching the show. So I guess scouting some competition Mm -hmm. to come. Christian threw Darby through the front of the announcer's table. Uh, CM Punk now gets the hot tag. Uh, Hits a clothesline on Ricky Starks. Uh, Takes out Ricky. Takes out Christian. 
clothesline on Christian. CM Punk does a cartwheel and a jump. Also a dedication to Bam Bam Bigelow. A knee to Ricky Starks. Knee to Christian. Knee to Starks. He's going back and forth now. Bulldog Starks and simultaneously clotheslines Christian. Punk is really getting going. Uh, Alan Spears. RS. I've gotten lost in my own notes. Rick, Ricky Starks. Alan Spears, Ricky Starks. Rochambeau by Starks. Alan kicks out at two. Darby takes Starks back with a scorpion death drop. Two count. Thanks to Christian. CM Punk, go to sleep on the outside. Starks, one, two, grabs the ropes just like last week. And the three. So Ricky Starks pins another opponent by cheating and grabbing on the ropes. Uh, that's two weeks in a row that he's done that. That his, his matches have finished the exact same way. Get a two count. To decide to grab the rope for more leverage. And then watch as the referee counts to three. And then let go. Uh, so despite Ricky Starks' cheating to end the match, this was uh, a good main event. The crowd finally woke up. Mm-hmm. The crowd was pretty dead for most of the night. They they wake up here a little, wake up there a little. Yeah, they're just real weird. They're like fickle. They were fickle. Yeah, they were off and on. Mm-hmm. They they weren't they weren't dead. They were just off and on what yeah. they would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it wasn't specifically what they were there for, they were off. Yeah. They were there for some high flying. Mm-hmm. They were there for some entrances. They were there for the acclaimed. Yeah, they were there for the acclaimed. And if if that wasn't it, then uh, mm. I tell you, I don't think maybe this sounds stupid, but uh, you know we we like to watch a lot of wrestling. Uh, and I've seen a lot of wrestling. Mm. I don't think they understand how over the acclaimed are. By they, I mean the powers that be in AEW. Mm-hmm. I don't think they know what uh, what a big hot act they have. I think they do, and I think that's why they're splitting Billy Gunn off from them. I don't think they have any idea. Because I think they want them to be a tag team again. They're, they're, no. Because yeah. all, all this nebulous stuff of what is it, what isn't it, is Billy Gunn, is he a coach, is he a lounge singer, is he a dancer, is he a mentor, is he a friend, is he a father? All this, all those questions about what, there doesn't need to be so many questions about what it what is his one out of ten roles they need to pick a role for him and stop and that's his fucking role and that's as deep as it needs to get it's as yeah, deep as I'm it saying. needs to get they broke Billy Gunn off by having him retire and, and they, so don't, now, and they now certainly can... don't need Billy Gunn retiring so that's a blow to the faction no but, I'm saying but from the in ring like he can still be their manager Right? And just not wrestle, so that way they can wrestle as a tag team again instead of a trio. Because they weren't getting those trios belts, you know? But now they can go after the tag belts if they want to. 
Yeah, just... I'm, I mean, I'm glad LOD is still around. I'm overjoyed they're still around. Uh, LOD? Is not, that Legion not, of Doom? Not LOD. Are you talking about the uh, Acclaims? I'm, I'm glad the Acclaimed are still around. Uh, not LOD. <laughs> You were taking a, a trip down memory lane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, with the, you know, Billy Gunn's here. And yeah. He's retiring and talking about the New Age Outlaws. And I'm, gl- I'm glad the acclaimed are still around. Uh, but I don't know how much longer they're going to be around. And you got to strike while the iron is hot with these, with these things. And the crowd still loves the scissory daddy ass and the scissor me all that stuff scissor mm-hmm. me and they love it they make scissors they come to the show with scissors and homemade scissors like and often like a working pair of scissors yeah, like a working and the crowd the children <laughs> yeah. are scissoring yeah. each other in the in the crowd and the, mm-hmm. the foam scissors everyone's scissoring mm-hmm. so it's a big deal uh the scissoring and uh Whatever they're doing, it seems like it might be bringing an end to the acclaimed. And while the plans, uh, while the plans to disband, don't seem right at their fingertips, they seem close by. I I disagree completely. Uh, they seem close by. Now I don't know. I don't know why you would want to. Kill the Golden Goose. I mean, if you look at WWE advertising sales, they sell merch like crazy. You mean AEW? God, AEW advertising sales, they sell merch like crazy. AEW. Yeah, I don't think they're splitting the acclaimed up. I think they're just separating Billy Gunn off so the acclaimed can be the focus. And they can go for the tag belts. Because now they have the guns to go against again if they want to. You know, I mean, like, they're trying to rebuild their tag division after it died yeah. for a little bit, I think. They you know? They they, yeah, I think they realized that they need to. Because there was so much focus on trios that all their tag teams, like, disappeared briefly. Yeah. So I think this is just a resurgence of tag teams. I don't think there's any way in hell they're breaking up the acclaimed. That would be one of the stupidest things that they could possibly do. And I think they know that. Because literally everyone fucking loves the acclaimed, you know? I mean, everyone loves the acclaimed. It would be really stupid. So going back to the match real quick, uh, what was your bone rating you didn't say? Uh, This one I gave four bones out of five. Uh, Match of the night. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a hot match for the main event. So yeah, I had to give it match of the night. Cool, I agree. Yeah, match of the night. CM Punk usually, I mean, in in his defense for his, the show being CM Punk and friends, in his defense, the the match he's in is usually match of the night. Yep. So. Although next week we're getting Ali Hotel Vikingo, so we'll see. I I don't know that that's gonna he's gonna be in the uh, that CM Punk will be in the match of the night next week. Who's he fighting? Don't you think he's fighting Kenny? 
Elio Del Vikingo? Yeah. No, he's in that Trios match. Remember you, the one where where he's going against Juice Robinson and the guns yeah, with uh, Action Andretti and Darius Martin? So when can they hear from us again? Well, they can next hear from us on Thursday night and then again on Saturday nights. No? On Sundays. Sunday nights. Hear from us on Thursday nights and Sunday nights. Thursday nights we do Dynamite. Sunday nights we do Collision. Uh, Sometimes during the afternoon the shows will be out, but always by nighttime the shows will be out. That's when we do our Dynamite and our Collision reports. That's something that we do every week. Uh, But you need to subscribe so you get the special things we do, like... Uh, we cover WWE, but only for pay-per-views, so you can get that content. We cover Ring of Honor, but only for pay-per-views. You get that content if you're subscribed. Uh, we cover uh, an independent promotion from around here called AML, and uh, that you have to be subscribed to get reminded that, hey, we've got some new content out. We, we're going to the local indie mm-hmm. show. Uh, so while you're, uh, getting subscribed there, uh, make sure to leave a rating, leave us a rating, five bones, five stars, whatever they'll let you, five cucumbers, five kumquats, give us five somethings and, uh, make sure to let people know you love us and, uh, and it'll be a beautiful world and we can meet more wrestling fans. We can all converse and converge and talk about wrestling and what we love, what we hate, mm-hmm. and what brings us together as fans. And mm-hmm. it'll be a beautiful thing. If you want to see us talking about wrestling, be sure to check out our friend Willie uh, over at Willie's Got, uh, Willie Does Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, we are there on Mondays and Fridays doing a watch-along uh, for the WWE programming um, so be sure to check that out. Yeah, we have a video that Willie just put up of, uh, we're playing, um, wrestling. wrestling Jeopardy. And, uh, I'm the one in the luchador mask. In the, in the, not the luchador mask, I'm yeah. the one in the, in the robber mask. Like a bandana. A bandana, because I've, uh. I've joined the uh the judgment day. The judgment day. And uh so they're on my side <laughs> as we go through the night. So fans, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh I hope you will enjoy our future shows. Make sure to catch us on all those dates we just announced. Also we have a website nobonesabout.com hit us up there it has links to everything we just told you about plus it has a little special feature if you can find it on the site too it's got some interesting little things about Halloween and stuff uh it's under the about I believe it's under the horror it's under tab. horror it's under the horror tab on the site uh but yeah a lot of stuff is there and uh yeah, get on YouTube, subscribe to us there. Uh, I'll be twitching a lot of AEW Fight Forever there. I twitch a lot of my gameplay there. 
and we're doing a lot of new content for YouTube. Unboxings of AEW boxes, of AEW trading card packs. Uh, just uh, random different wrestling things uh, that we think you might enjoy seeing. And, uh, folks, we will see you soon. And, uh, as McFoley always said, have a nice day. Bye.